All right, here we are back again. Part two of our Ski Bum Roundtable. This is session four, part two. Wow, that's getting kind of complicated. If everybody would just download, get your friends to download. We wouldn't have to play these games with the different parts of different weeks. So let's just get everybody to go to the Athletic Podcast. I am on Spotify and I am on Apple Podcasts and any of the ancillary spots. Uh, I've seen downloads on iHeartRadio. I just picked up downloads this week, guys, from Vietnam and China. Oh, yeah. Yep, so I'm very, very proud of that. Now, I don't think that actually came from those countries uh, because I did do a little promoting around Pontillas on Mount Hope with a little sticker. And so I believe it's actually U of R students downloading the episodes. So whatever way I'm getting it, I will take it. So, So we are increasing our reach. And I noticed both of them did do more than one download. So... So I hope that means they like the first episode. So if you are if you are listening in uh, from from a foreign country and you are here in the U.S., uh, we appreciate having you here, um, utilizing our education and making our education system better by you being here. So thank you. All right, we've got the boys here. We have Johnny Del Forte. We have Jared, and we have Brady. The boys from part one are back for part two. Uh, we talked extensively in part one about what they experienced at Copper Mountain, uh, the skiing, blah, blah, blah. This episode is not going to be necessarily about skiing. It's going to be a little bit about what's going on right now with the COVID and a little bit about spending time with family, right? So one of the best parts, if you guys remember, the episode that we visited with these guys, just to remind everybody what episode it was, it was episode 47, the Ski Bum Roundtable, version three. So... Johnny was calling us from his family vehicle with his parents. So how did that, and you? I think you were calling from a very, it was like a boring part of the Iowa. trip, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Iowa. Brady and Jared are on it. Was it, it was Iowa. And Johnny was making some big extravagant plans about doing a ton of reading out here, which obviously we heard he was going out to bars. So I don't know how much reading was done in between <laughs> being a lifty and skiing the other days, but I'm interested to see if he's been reading and um, really tell us in detail. Uh, I know you and your parents are already close, Johnny, uh, but just tell us about the experience with your parents goes cross country because that's something that some people may never do. I've been fortunate to go cross country with my dad. Um, I learned a lot about my dad and, and our relate my relationship with him through that trip. Um, and I'm interested what it came out of it for you guys. So, yeah, um, you know, going across the country with your parents, it's, uh, at first it's kind of like, you know, just a road trip, but, um, you know, as I got here and, uh, they weren't here anymore, I realized that that trip was something, something very special and something that I can always look back to. And be like, yeah, those were some good times with my parents. And um, some interesting stuff does, you know, come out. Um, nothing bad, really. It's just like, wow. It's just kind of like mind, mind, <clears throat> mind opening, sorry. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's something I can look back on. Now, did you learn something about the dynamic of their relationship or the two of them on this trip? Yeah, uh, that they love each other. Um, you know. That's really sweet. My parents, uh, my parents are really close, you know. You know, they've been through a lot. Um, 
you know, we were adopted, so I'm grateful that I got two two dope parents that, you know, support me and uh, let me do the things that I want to do in life. Um, I guess good or bad, you could say. Uh, that there's a lot of bad, but, you know, they give me the freedom to do what I want. And uh, at the end of the day, I can always go back to them and talk to them and, you know, see what their input is and hopefully it helps me out. So it's, it's really nice having two parents that really support you and, you know, tell you things to give you an input and an outlook on things uh, in a good way. So it's just, it's good, it's great. Did you gas up the family vehicle at every stop or did you make your parents do it? No, I didn't gas up anything. The only gas I wanted was the, was the greens. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. No, uh, I, no, I did not gas up the car. I was probably either sleeping or, you know, reading a book. <laughs> so, so, um... What was your, what, anything surprised you on that drive? Um, as in like with my parents? Yeah, but either the parents or the drive itself. I mean, you were going to, um, you, you were going, you were going on roads you've never driven before, across canyons you've never driven before, you know, over bridges you've never been driven before, through, you know, interesting landmarks, like, Anything surprised you? Or you're like, oh, I forgot I would see this on this drive, or you know, just just something that stands out from the drive for you, or maybe somehow your uh, parents reacted to something. Like, were they goofy that they wanted to see something really cool they wanted to see their whole life? Were they goofy like that? No, not really. They were pretty chill. <laughs> so, what about you? What was the surprise then across the tr- across the trip? What what like maybe how slow it took or how long uh, how fast it took? What do you think? Um. Probably just like the Midwest in general, it's uh, it's a whole lot of nothing. Like Iowa is just cornfields, Nebraska, mm-hmm. just other fields, I guess. But I was uh, thinking about it. You do see like a lot of run down barns and houses just off the side of the roads on like these prairies, and it's just kind of like you just kind of wonder their backstory. You just see run run down, burnt down houses, and you just kind of wonder, like, what they came from, you know, if they're actually, like, wealthy, good people on that land or, or whatever. It's just different from home, and it's different from, like, when I'm at at Copper. Um, so it's just, I'm grateful. What about you, Brady? What about you, Brady? What, what, what surprised you about going across country? Most surprising thing for me was how long it took and how flat it is. Um, you still a little bit of hills back in the Rochester. Not many, but I'm talking miles and miles and miles of just flat ground. And I can imagine, can't imagine living there because uh, there's you can't ever go snowboarding anything. No. Uh, there's no. There's no there's no water sports. There's no. What do you remember? What state it was that you guys saw the mountains first? Uh, Colorado. <laughs> it was Colorado. Like, but you, gotta you can see him, You can see them for a little bit. As soon as you get on the outside, you can see them in the horizon, and you know you're coming up to them. Yeah, it's nice. It's crazy though. So how many <clears throat> states is that really where you, there's nothing? There's yeah, like four or Nebraska. five in a row. 
Four. Iowa. Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana is a little bit. Yeah. You know, Ohio, Ohio is pretty. Ohio's yeah. pretty low too. Mm-hmm. Both pretty flat. I oh yeah, Iowa, Iowa. Iowa on the way out. So it's really like seven states almost, isn't it? Where it's like nothing other than yeah. the Mississippi River, which you know that was, I mean, where'd you guys cross the Mississippi River? All three of you, same spot. No clue. St. Louis? Uh, the arch was? <laughs> I don't even... Did you go through yeah, St. Louis, the arch? Or did you go no. north? Yeah, we went up north. So, you guys went Chicago? Uh, yeah, kind of. that route. A little bit under Chicago. Yeah. I went the no-toll route. The yeah, no-toll route. Sure. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, it was like the same. Yeah, but, but slightly. Yeah. You didn't go Route 90 like, the whole way. Yeah. You skipped 90 a couple spots. Yeah. Because 90 is usually the east-west route a lot of people take, I guess, when you're going to the Colorado, right? That's probably 90, which is basically for our back door because we, we have Route 90 that starts right here in New York for everybody yeah. that doesn't know that. Um, all right, so so now you guys have this great experience. You guys athletically, do, all three of you, are you the best you've ever been at your skiing and snowboarding ever in your life? Yep. Yep. More yeah, I improved it incredibly this past season. Percentage-wise, Johnny, how much better are you after this trip? Uh, extremely. Like, I kind of just shot off and progressed like crazy. And that's even in free riding too, right? Like, like putting together yeah. stuff without actual jumps, where you're just kind of doing cliffs and shit, and you're just doing it naturally. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's really the progression, right? When you then you take what you've learned and you can apply it to a normal trail, yeah. right? You can go do a sixty foot yeah. takeoff now on a side hit on a mountain. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's cool. So uh, all of you guys, best ability, and then all of a sudden, it got cut off, and. I remember when it, I saw the first story and they talked about um, Colorado being a hot spot and you guys were all still there and still open then. Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, oh, I wish I kept that story. So I, I've been charting some stories to this whole COVID thing and I think it was really crappy for a lot of people with their lives, but you guys had your ski bum year taken out. You guys lost your whole spring ski season. So yeah. when does the ski season usually stop in the mountains to give people perspective. Well, for copper, it was April 19th. Um, but like a basin will be open till maybe July. So it all depends on mountains. But mm-hmm. um, so a- April 19th. Have, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bless you. So, uh, and now we're doing this taping on May 2nd. It'll be launched this week. I'm sorry. This one's uh, being taped May 2nd. This episode will be taped in two weeks. will be launched in two weeks, but my point is, uh, somebody has perspective. You, we would, you would have been skiing till mid-April. When did you stop? When was the last day they told you work, and how did they tell you? March fourteenth, or was it? I feel like it was the sixteenth. It was one of those days. Either way, they told it was a Saturday. Saturday. It was, it was a Saturday. You knew it was, it was Saturday. March fourteenth. Yeah, because we were hype as hell. Like Monday and Tuesday were supposed to be so nice, and I remember we had Monday Tuesdays off. Yeah. So we were hiding. We were, we were Monday and Tuesdays were your holiday. Oh, yeah. you had the mound yourselves yeah. on your every, days every off. Monday and Tuesday, we had nobody there. Yeah. But, um, Especially Tuesday. I remember we were all like, bad, we have one more day of work, and then it's going to be 50s and sunny for these Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And then we get the email. Uh, oh. Vail had shut down earlier that day, too. And then we get the email saying... It was a brutal day. Saying uh, we're shut down until 
for another week till next Sunday. And then after that, they push it down for the rest. How long did they pay you before they took you off the roll? Just that that one week. So they gave you one week, and then you guys were in your own housing, right? So were you in lease agreements? Yeah. Yeah, we had to finish out our lease and pay it. And when did your lease end then? At April? Uh, This month. May was May's last one. We had to leave it early. So you left before you were done paying? Yeah. Yeah, With no absolution? Well, we had paid our first month back in uh, September. So we didn't have to pay May, but we paid April. Yeah. Um, private landlord? You guys have a private house? Yeah. 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 Right? Yep. Uh, and where did you live, Johnny? Because you, didn't you live different? Yeah, so I'm at the, the employee housing over at Copper. Um, so describe your situation. So right, so right now, I can actually still pay rent and just stay here while operations are shut down um, because... I do have a summer job lined up out here, um, and that supposedly starts July 5th, so I'm just kind of hanging hanging out, running low for the next two months, but I am still able to pay them and live. Are they, are they charging you a reasonable amount, considering the situation, or is it the same as that someone would have paid last year? Yeah, it's, it's a reasonable amount, so, like... That first week, first like two weeks or something, they gave us like free meals just to kind of help us out, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, they gave us free meals. They did, I guess, everything they could to just kind of relax the situation and everybody's nerves. But uh, did they um, yeah. did they encourage you guys all to leave? Yes. So like, if you could get home, they were like, go home. Yeah. Especially if you didn't have like a summer job, because they wanted to get as many people out of here so it couldn't spread. So what happened was, I heard a story probably just a couple days before that, that there was an outbreak there in Colorado when you guys were still working. And I was surprised that all the ski mountains hadn't shut down yet when I heard that. And the reason why is because the people with money, usually the ones traveling on airlines, and and this is kind of what I want to talk about at Copper Mountain, how was it ethnically there? Was it all white Americans no, at that time? No, moment? it was no. fully diverse. Yeah. People come from all over. Because and you don't see that out here at the Eastern Mountains. I, I specifically saw a lot because I was riding the mountain coasters. So anybody who came for a visit and didn't want to ski or didn't know how to ski or wanted to learn, they would ride the coaster and then they would go tubing. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to learn how to ski to do that. So I saw people from all over the place, Russia, Mexico, Canada, mm-hmm. France, Italy. Mm-hmm. I got the same thing. Like, like I'm teaching people's kids lessons and they're Russian or they're just like all over the country, anywhere in the country. A lot of Texans. A lot, yeah. Texans are huge there. Really? Oh, because people with oil money. That and it's a short, even drive there. Oh, interesting. I guess. 16 hours. <laughs> we call that short. That's funny. To me, now that's short. That's a day. 16 hours. How long did it take? To, oh, so, how long did it take you guys to go from here to Denver? Uh, my first drive, it said 25, 26 hours on maps and whatnot. We started at 4 a.m., drove 14 hours. And then stayed the night in Iowa 
and then drove the rest the next day. I still think we did it a little, I think in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Actual drive time, yeah. Yeah. Way back was brutal. <laughs> Way back is always brutal because yeah, you're... You're leaving. Well, and Brady, me and Brady did something stupid, so... <laughs> we were just like, well, once we had decided that we were going to leave, we just packed everything up, and then once everything was packed away, because we got a storage unit, because next year is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I didn't have a bed to sleep on, I didn't have a couch yeah. to sleep on, I was anxious to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So we left at like 7 at night, mm-hmm. and we were just driving through the, through the night. What? Nebraska and Iowa, way better at night. Yeah, if you... Oh, gosh, yeah. That part of the trip, when you leave the trip that early in the morning from the west to the east, yeah, you get through all the bullcrap, and then at least you're enjoying getting up maybe in Illinois or something. We were in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Almost at the end of Iowa when the sun started to come up. Oh, gosh. We're making good time. Yeah. All you see is those corn stalks. And if the corn stalks aren't there, you're seeing nothing. Exactly. When it started getting light out is when... Iowa started turning into the straight, just bunch of hills. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, that's when the. Okay, so now let's get to you guys come back. Johnny, you're still there. So you guys are younger. Johnny, how old are you? I just turned 22 on April 30th. Thank you. Uh, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm Brady? I'm 21. And he had a birthday when he was on in November. It was right around his birthday I'm, before I'm he left on the trip. Yep. I'm 22. 22. Okay, so so there's your ages, folks. I'm 48 for those of you who have not listened to the episode. So I want to talk a little bit about how these three guys view what's happening now. Because obviously it's a scary time. We have a virus. But at 48 years old, a quick reference, I've skied all up and down the East Coast. I have hiked over 20 of the high peaks in the Adirondacks. I have traveled all over this country except for four states I've driven um, I've done all these things because I, I've always and my mom had me in the mindset go like if you have vacation time you go you don't spend it sitting at home I think I sat home two vacations I've drove to Acadia National Park twice Florida multiple times Myrtle Beach multiple times um, California 29 Palms Sacramento um, Yellowstone National Park uh, just I've been very fortunate in my life. I've driven all around the Grand Canyon. I have hiked through a slot canyon on the north end. I've been in Glen Canyon, Zion Canyon, Bryce Canyon, Shenandoah National Park. Damn. Okay? 48 years old. My son has done many of those adventures. I mean, not all, but many of them. I also watched fish shows at all sorts of different venues up and down the East Coast. been very fortunate. But now... If I didn't have all those experiences, I don't know that I could now have the opportunity to do all of those things that I've already done in my life. And now you guys are 21 and you're looking at me as a 48-year-old, like like maybe you guys would want to do some of the stuff I did, not some of the stuff, whatever. Um, I mean, through that, I also did uh, triathlons for 18 years too. So I traveled with that. So how do you guys view your life after two months ago and now as far as like do you guys are you guys really looking at your future differently or are you just looking this as a blip and it's going to go back to the same exact way it was before i'm kind of looking at it like once this is all lifted and everything goes back i need to take advantage of my traveling 
and really seeing more parts of the world not being contained to just one place that I've grown up my whole life. I need to get out and see a lot more things and see different places. That's what I need. I'm proud and you're already like to drive, right? Yeah. Um, now you drive. You you've driven. So what about you? What's your, what's your take on 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 now versus how it's going to be, or before versus now? Kind of about the same, like. But this all kind of sucked happening. Like we'd still probably be in Colorado right now. Oh yeah, of course you would. Yeah. We'd still probably maybe getting close to ready to leave and whatnot, but we would still be there. And then this happened. Had to find a job and whatnot back home, back living with parents. So change to that. So does this say, uh, Johnny? Obviously, you're still out there and you're not working and you're kind of in limbo out there. Um, so you've been had a little more time alone. Have you looked at the big picture at all, or have you just still looked at it as a day by day thing for you? Um, I kind of just take it day by day, um, just to keep the mental strain down. Um, you know, during this COVID, there's a lot of you're thinking about a lot of things, and you know, you you just try to keep your mental your mental straight, you know. Um, you know, I've had a lot of times where I'm just trying to sit here thinking, and then I just think about too many different things at once, you know, some like anxiety comes on. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really weird. It's definitely gonna be a change, that's for sure. I just think basic things are gonna change, as in, Honestly, just hygiene and like just washing your hands and like who you communicate with now and like and so on who you communicate. I just think people are gonna be a lot more cautious as this uh, progresses and hopefully quickly uh, resolves itself. So that's a good point. So um, all three of you, we'll start with, we'll start with um, Brady and we'll go around the three of you and end at you again, Johnny. So what do you think is going to be the biggest change after this? Brady's ready to go to bed right now. Uh, is, I think he needs a Brady needs his teddy bear. So okay, guys, what does Brady sleep with his night? Wait, does he suck his thumb oh, or his finger? He's what, got what does a Brady blankie, say? bro. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. What color is the blankie? White. White. Excellent. How long have you had it, Brady? Since I came out the womb. Okay, excellent. How big's the blanket? Wait, we all had a blankie, dude. I got it in my hope chest, so you're fine, dude. It's not a big blankie, it's just like. Oh, it's tiny. It's probably like. I have a picture of him with it over his head. One feet by two feet. What did it start as? Uh, it started as like a white blanket with stars on it, but now it's more faded to just a white blanket. But was it always that size or is it shrunk yeah, down? Yeah. No, it's always been that size. Okay, so I that's guess. the size. That's your yeah, blanket. I've kept it for my whole life. I mean... Yeah, no, you're cool. Dude, no my, my daughter still has her baby doll from that's okay <laughs> that if it was left uh, uh, mm, if it was left at someone's house ever there was traveling back to get it like oh, there was not right so I'm not razzing it you're good but yeah. Brady looks like he needs his blankie right now everybody so we're gonna ask him an important question and make him like sit up and put his big boy pants on <laughs> uh, Brady's the best so what do you think in your mind is gonna change like already you know this in my life I'm I'm either at this point, you may not be able to do because of this. Uh, 
mean, I, I'm just, there's going to be a lot of traveling, uh, not necessarily restrictions, but like more preventatives to keep things more sanitary and keep people out of spreading things like this. So I know that's going to be a little limited. Um, just, I mean, everyday life, going to the stores and doing whatever you need to do on a daily basis, that's going to be... Is there anything that you know for a fact? Like, for me, I'm going to avoid planes the rest of my life. Just because the easy-to-transmit disease, and if you ever watch those models, like on the movies of pandemics yeah. and all that shit, what do you see, right? You see it starts in one place, and then there's little branches, and then all of a sudden you see those big branches, right? Yeah. So those planes, do you think those planes between every flight are, are perfectly, like... No. And cruises, I will. I already knew I was going to take another cruise, but I'm not definitely not going on a cruise. I want to go on another cruise, but I just... So you're not afraid of... I love this. This is what I want to know, like, from your perspective. Personally, I'm not afraid of anything really... I like it. I think people are going to do what they're going to do, and mm-hmm. things are going to come, and they're going to go. But what are you going to do? I'm going to stick to what I've always been doing, and I'm not really going to let it affect me in terms of everyday life because, I mean, I've been quarantining a little bit, but for the most part, I've been, you know what I'm saying, I've been going to work, I've been mm-hmm. dealing with my couple family members who work in the medical field, and... Mm-hmm. And that's valid, so you have no concerns because you have people within the medical field going in and out of your household? Exactly, so yeah. I mean, it's not like... Now, is that your parents, or who is that? That's my mom and my sister, they Okay, thank work. you to them, obviously, yes. you know, put that out there because obviously <laughs> yeah, that's an important you. part of this. So you obviously, um, that's stressful for them, so it must make a stressful environment at home sometimes? 100%, yeah. It's definitely, all of us are trying to play our own part and keep each other safe, while at the same time keeping ourselves safe. So do you find you guys are in more of a cleaning routine than you were before? Yeah, I think we're all definitely trying to keep a higher level of cleanliness and personal hygiene and spreading of stuff. We want to make sure that nothing's getting tossed around from our, because we're all still doing our normal stuff yeah all right so jared so what for you is there anything um that you feel like now maybe you might be disappointed that you feel like maybe you won't be able to to do um not really like i think everything will be sort of the same mm-hmm. i mean i don't think much will change it'll take a while to get there but i think it'll go back to normal slowly but in the beginning it's probably gonna suck How's it been socially for you for you two here in Rochester? Like, can you, can you hang out with friends? Because now you're living with your parents, both of you, and, and a lot there's a lot of people in your shoes, early 20s, doing that. Are, is there any intermingling amongst your friends? Or My you mom really... deals with this stuff on the daily. She knows that it's not... That the precautions to take to avoid it. And she understands where I'm coming from. I am home for the summer. I am trying to have one last... On that go for with all my friends, so I'm trying to. Yeah, did you guys splinter off. She yeah. understands that as long as I play my part and I respect her and mm-hmm. my family is when I'm coming back, then we should be fine. I mean, none of us are in the risk group at least for for this, so we want to make sure that we're just playing our part. Johnny, what about you now? Um. Like Jared said, I think slowly but surely we'll get back into a routine that uh, that we lost. 
Um, and like Brady said, I think there's going to be a lot more precautions as uh, as the future goes on. Um, hygiene, medical um, protocols, we'll say. Um, but I mean, I'm hoping everything can work itself out and uh, we can all go back to a I, I guess a safer world than what we're in now. So are any of you guys conspiracy guys? Like, have any of you guys uh, ever been in the mode where you want to, or how do you view government? Like, my son, one of the things he mentioned recently that was, I thought was interesting, he was like, I'm sick of these uh, kind of old bluebirds in, in office. You know, he was like, I'm sick of these 50-year-old guys screwing up this country so my generation has to fix it. Like, that was one of the things he said to me, which I thought was really... Um, interesting. So it wasn't about like the virus, and it was it was just about these guys are screwing all this stuff up, and I'm kind of sick of it. Like, like you guys got like it seems to me you guys are just laid back where you're like, all right, well, you know, we're good, and I think that's because you were in a good place frame of your mind when this happened, right? Yeah, you guys were yeah. athletically fit. That's why I brought that up. Not so much anymore. You guys were <laughs> relaxed. You were in an atmosphere where there's not a lot of stress for people because that's a. Uh, a place where people go who have means usually and it's not people who are it's not like Disney World where some people are stressed there because they're spending so much money at Disney World that they can't you know yeah, people yeah. go skiing generally speaking know what they're spending when they get there right um, so so you guys were really relaxed about it, which I like and I, I don't think that's everybody in your generation but I think Definitely that's awesome you guys not. are because um, I'm I'm worried that you guys won't be able to pile together the experiences like I did just because work functions are going to change, or maybe you can because maybe there's going to be one on unemployment, right? Yeah. So you guys get unemployment, right? You can't work for one summer. You guys can travel your faces off now, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I'd be all over this country with like four of my buddies and like, we're getting unemployment checks, guys. Like, can we live off this much a month, four of us in a van? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, personally, I'm not collecting unemployment right no. now, but no, because you guys are working. Yeah. Like the stimulus is. Now, what about now? What about you? Um, are you collecting unemployment out there in Colorado? So I applied, um, and I when I applied uh, a couple of days later, I got an email saying like there were some forms I still had to do on the application. So I printed those out and I have to mail those in. So currently, I'm not. I still am filing. We'll say. Um, but I'm hoping I can get some uh, some income. Mm -hmm. here but you were smart. Here. You were smart and saved money before you went on the trip. If I'm not mistaken, right? You prepared yeah, yourself yeah. well. That was huge. Um, so so with these guys, uh, I, I want to wrap up. I'm so happy that they took this trip to Copper. I, are you guys planning to attempt to go next winter then? Yes. Yeah, me and Jared have a storage unit out there with all of our stuff, so we're planning on getting. We're committed to it now. Okay, which is fine. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah, you proved that you could go out there. You proved that you could survive as far as financially. Yep. Um, you know, it got tight. But it got yeah. tight. So, so you maybe learned some lessons from the yeah. experience where you'll go in. 
uh, change either something you do there, you won't stream one service, or you'll save money somehow, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or go with a little bit more cash in your pocket to That's offset expenses, right? Um, and I'm sure you could find ways where you're like, oh, we could have, uh, you know, in the first month you spent money one way that you wouldn't, yep. you know, you realize later on you didn't have yeah. to, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, John, do you plan on going back again? Uh, if you come back at all, I mean, if your summer job lands, but isn't there some kind of uh, restrictions that may prevent your job from happening this summer? Yeah, so I actually applied. So right now I do have the job for lift ops in the summer, but I also applied for a Woodward uh, ski coaching job for the summer. And um, I, guess, I guess the concern would be is like all the kids and like parents not wanting to send their kids to camp due to you know, social distancing rules mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Yep. But, um, yeah, I guess that's all going to sort itself out now, right? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. So what's your official, and this is kind of, we're in New York, which is still, as of today's May 3rd, um, and we're starting to wrap up this episode, so so we'll kind of wrap this up with where what your status is out there compared to us. So how would you, first of all, Brady and Jared, how would you describe what we're under right now in New York State? It's still a stay at home, pretty much at all costs. Yeah. Obviously, there's still going to be people going out and doing their thing, but... Essential services here. Yeah, essential people are, are allowed to be on the road, but if you're not, then they're recommending you just stay home still. Wearing mask in yeah. public for everybody. Yeah, everybody's required to wear a mask if you want to go anywhere in public, or at least places where you can't really abide by the social distancing laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has that been um, weird wearing masks in yeah. public? Yeah, it's, it's not a- fun. But like at the same time, you look at it when you're in there, and you're just like, oh, everyone's got one on, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is weird as hell. <laughs> all right, how, now how about this, guys? I go into a store now, and I think in, I, I read a story last night, a glimpse of a story where in some states, they're actually now talking about maybe having people take off the face mask because people are being threatened in stores. Because think about this, everybody has face masks on. You want to threaten a clerk... With a gun right now in a store, how is it not happening more often right now? Right. I mean, I I watched a video on um, I think it was Avenue D in the city of Rochester recently, where you see a man, and it must have been his buddy set up watching the video, or someone was randomly video, or it was a video from the corner store, and it sees a, a large black gentleman. And a skinnier black gentleman walking towards the large black gentleman. The large black, the skinny black gentleman kind of had his hands in his pocket, I guess, because you can't only see his back. And he's wandering, and then the big black gentleman just kind of, as he was walking by him, comes, rears back with his arm and punches the guy out, and the guy hits the ground. So then the guy grabs his belt, drags him around the corner, and puts him behind a building. Yeah. So... I worry about that kind of social stuff. So so here we're under quarantine and there's a little bit of that nonsense going on. So Colorado is a more central, definitely a state that has more guns. It is more of a Republican state. So what is your lockdown orders right now, Johnny? And what are you seeing out there? Um, so we have a safer at home order, um, meaning, you know, Go out at your own risk. Um, still recommended wear a face mask. 
But as for the people that are out, I still see people people are getting out to get out, just to get out of their houses, but they're still doing the essential things like going to the store for their needs. So is there like a, let's say, haircut place or nail place is open right now? So Colorado gave those places the option to open at their own risk. So like they could open to get their employees back and working. And if the employee, and if the uh, customers are comfortable with it, then then it's so be it. Yeah, but it's still kind of like a curbside pickup and like um, you know drive through stuff and like yeah. So I don't I don't actually think like hair like face to face nail salons hair. yeah, yeah. Uh, and stuff. See, that's what, I'm just trying to see how if it's eased because obviously now 40 states have kind of eased their restrictions right now and we are one of still the heavier restrictions so I was just curious so, so just my take from a 48 year old um, I worry that you guys won't have as many experiences um, I worry that you guys are going to miss out let's say for instance big concerts when is the next big concert going to happen so be I've been a fish year. fan for yeah. my whole life right and luckily just before all this, I got my fishdom kind of out of me with a series of shows in like one of their best years ever. Yeah. In 2018, I was able to follow them for a little bit, and it turned out they talked about it being their best segment of shows, and I'm so glad I was part of it because I've been a fan for so long. But now, I believe that until they allow drive-in concerts, which they're doing in Europe right now, and I would imagine that's going to start happening in the U.S. here um, shortly, um, that will be the concert experience. And I'm telling you right now, if there's a band that I'm going to dance to, there's no flipping way. I'm, I'm sitting in my car, dude. Brady's playlist, that will, playlist. anytime I hear it, it's freaking, he's got the bomb playlist. I know his ass like to dance. The last time he was on the podcast, he was dancing to the song as it was playing one of the first freaking guests. Brady will dance. Yeah. I like to dance. So, Brady, how are we going to sit at a drive-in concert and not dance? That's my question. I don't think it's gonna work. To be <laughs> uh, if if it does come down to that, I mean, it's gonna be a more chill out vibe. You're gonna have to see the people who aren't as big as the hip hoppy dancey. I mean, can you imagine a DJ sitting in your car to listen to like uh, some hot DJ? Tune into ninety six point six. Oh God. Uh, all right, Johnny, let's let's talk. We're going to wrap this up. Everybody's tired. This is episode two. I'm so glad everybody came together. I hope this sounds good. This is our, our remote. Um, this may be our only remote podcast taping, but I wanted to try it, and I'm glad these guys came in to try it with me. Um, so, Johnny, just let's wrap up. Are you happy you went out there? Um, uh, oh, I forgot to ask. In this roundup, tell me what was the best wildlife you saw when you are out there. I meant to ask this. Um, you know, if you saw eagles or, or wolves or anything crazy out there or a bear or something. Um, but in general, uh, the experience, Johnny, what would you tell other people about it? And what was your best wildlife experience to wrap it up? So the experience is uh, one in a lifetime. Um, I recommend everybody, um, young or old, you know, they get away for a while. They go, uh, they go find themselves, um. You know, coming out to a new state and new people, I could literally be anybody I wanted out here. So it's uh, it's really you feel really free when you uh, make these big uh, these big moves, and uh, 
lucky enough, I made the right one. I wouldn't change it for the world. And as for wildlife, probably just like, I didn't say major wildlife, but the deer, the deer out here are like pretty rugged. Like these deer are not like New York deers. They're rugged as hell, they're big, they like, I don't know, they're, they're rugged. They're rugged boys, you know it. Bro, I didn't see shit out there. Are we talking about elk? No, I saw a bald eagle. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. So, all right. So, so the deers is what you were most impressed with, how big they were and robust. Well, they have to be because they got to be able to, because because if four feet of snow fall, they got to still be able to get through it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're tough as nails. Right. Otherwise, they're gonna sit yeah. there, and and a wolf's gonna just come down and go. Oh, little bugger. Sorry, you got buried there last night. I ain't digging you out for the record. Yeah. Your butt is toast. Dinner time. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't see nothing major. All right, cool. I didn't see any big bears or moose or anything like that. Yeah, I wasn't sure because uh, you know, obviously you're you are near the mountain, so it's tough to, to see stuff. I get lucky at Gore and Whiteface; we see stuff sometimes. But um, all right, so that's good. So, any kind of um, advice you'd give to anybody else now that you've gone out there, like now that you've gone out there and had the first, all right, you made the mistakes. Well, how would you tell someone else to come out there? Um, I would tell them to just do it. Um, you know, going into it last summer, I was really nervous. I was like, this is going to be really hard. It's going to be a long process. But um, it's, it, it's really not. It's really uh, it's really an easy thing to do to get out here. I mean, once you have a secure job, you can just build from there. Honestly, the hardest part is just taking the time to get the job and secure it. And then after that, it's all just a, one very exciting process. Uh, I'd say go for it, and uh, you might surprise yourself. Doesn't matter what job that they, they, they do. I mean, I, I would say the service, the service side of it, like waiter, waitress, that thing might be a little more tenuous now after this whole thing. Um, let's say next winter, for instance, is social distancing and is enacted, and then the base lodges are going to be, you know, a little bit weird. Like, yeah. you know, the skiing will be a little bit filtered out, that kind of thing. Probably next winter, unfortunately, yeah. we'll probably deal with that again. Um, so, so do you see any certain jobs you would tell someone to take, uh, Brady? Uh, if I would say any job, find a place that's like a bartender or a busser, server, someone that does tips because those tourists, they love the tip and find, find some friends to go out with so you can try to cut your housing down a little bit. Too good idea. That's my two good And advice. I heard you say something about a bald eagle. Yep, I saw one of those. It was amazing. I was soaring over the skies when I was going down the hill. So was, you were actually going down the trail where yeah, you saw it? Yeah, it was awesome. Now, low, high. Was it high or low? I mean, uh, It was like right about tree level, so you could see it. You could tell what it was. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, uh, any uh, no other advice? Anything else? That's all for me. What you got, Jay? I don't know. Like, for the job aspect, like getting something... If you want to at least be outside, ski instructing really wasn't that bad. In the beginning, it sucked, but it ended up getting fun, especially once more tourists started coming. As the mountain opened up more, way more tips. I was making at least 150 a week in tips, which was quite nice. 
but you're not supposed to say that with the IRS listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, so these are the 20 year olds coming back from Copper Mountain, sharing their experience with all of us, talking about COVID and how they think it's going to affect their lives, which I think is very interesting. So, boys, I appreciate it. Johnny, I appreciate you, you calling in and being part of our conversation. And we look forward to you being safe. And, and when you come back to Rochester, we look forward to hanging out with you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was, uh, it was a fun time. And don't forget, everybody, I got to put a little shout out. Louis, uh, Lucia's Ice Cream, curbside service uh, as well. And let's put a buddy out, a little bug out for our boy Zach in Canadagua. Yep. We know he struggled through this whole thing. So uh, full send, ski and snowboard. Um, they also have the boat down there. They'll be chartering. Uh, so hopefully those charters will fall within the parameters of how many people can hang out together this summer. Um, and you guys can go and learn how to wake surf on his boat down at Full Send, Zach Hallett. So check out Z. Um, and that's it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, stay safe, and we will see you soon. Peace.